I have good news for you. Good news. But the bad news is first. You're dying too early. Now, I realize in Australia, you live more longer than most people, except for Hong Kong, Iceland, Japan. Okay? But you're still dying too early. You don't need to die this early. And I want to give you the breakthrough, a major breakthrough in the world of health. Now, you know your history. You know about Pasteur and the germ theory, right? That was a major breakthrough. You heard about Fleming and penicillin, a major breakthrough. Now, I want to give you another major breakthrough. We now know you can lower your heart attack risk by 80%. We now know you can lower your risk of stroke by 80%. We now know you can lower your risk of getting type 2 diabetes by 88%. We know that. Okay? How are we going to do it? Primordial prevention. Now, secondary prevention is when the doctor treats a patient who's had a heart attack so he doesn't get the second one. Primary prevention is when he treats the patient for high blood pressure or high cholesterol so he doesn't get the first heart attack. Now, primordial prevention is one step back. You treat the whole population so they never get the risk factors in the first place. Disease starts early in life, that means it's children, kids, little children. In fact, they're even talking about during pregnancy, starting treatment, the mothers. Okay? But a lot of them are going to miss this training, and so the school is going to have to do a big job. Now, this primordial prevention thing, what is it? Seven risk factors. The U.S. Heart Association has really worked on this. And they have the 2020 goals. And here's what they're saying. They're saying that right now we have less than 5% of the U.S. population heart healthy. They're living up these risk factors. They don't have these risk factors. But the goal is by the year 2020, 20% of the population will be living at that state. Now, what are the risk factors? Number one. Cigarette smoking. Now, you and your country, your adults, only 19% are smoking. U.S., 18%. California, less than 16%. Uh, England's done very well. But that's not true all over the world. All over the world, one out of five 13 to 15-year-olds is smoking. The estimate is by the year 2020, 10 million people will die every year because of tobacco smoking. It's ridiculous. It's a big deal. So, that's the first risk factor. Second one, alcohol. Alcohol is a risk factor. It increases the risk of rectal cancer, liver cirrhosis, breast cancer, women... Fetal alcohol syndrome, all kinds of problems with alcohol, let alone car accidents, divorce, and all these problems with alcohol. That's the second risk factor. Now, what is the official stance on alcohol? The official stance is, if you've never ever started to drink, don't ever begin. If you are drinking, cut down. That's the official stance. The third risk factor Inactivity. 
Did you see that picture in there with that skeleton at the computer? Inactivity. From two to five million people are dying every year worldwide because of inactivity. Exercise. Now, I want to give you one scientific fact that points out the importance of exercise. This is it. If you have a man who's physically fit, he's exercising, but he smokes, but he has high cholesterol, but he has high blood pressure, he will outlive the person who doesn't smoke, (laughs) who doesn't have high blood pressure, who doesn't have high cholesterol, who's inactive. Do you get the importance of exercise? Activity. Extremely important. Fourth risk factor, overweight. Overweight. How do you know if you're overweight? Step on a scale. If the needle goes out of sight, you're too fat. <laughs> or if you just pinch here, you know, be- between the, uh, the hip-, hip bone and the rib cage, more than two and a half centimeters, you're too fat. Now, simple way is lay on the floor, put a board between your chest and your stomach. If it goes up towards your stomach, you're too fat. Now, we have scientific ways today of doing this, scientific methods, okay? It's called BMI, body mass index, okay? Now, it's simple. You know how to do it. Take your kilograms in weight, divide by your height in meters, and take that number and divide it by height in meters a second time. Height in meters squared, okay? That should, number should not be over 25. It should be up to 25. It should got to be a little 25. If it's 25, you're too fat. You're overweight. Okay? If it's 30, you are obese. If it's 40, you are class 3 obese. Candidate for surgery. Okay? Now... That's good for population statistics. But more important than that is waist circumference. Okay? Now, I used to tell people, measure their circumference with a tape measure around the belly button. And then I saw men walking around the place with their belly buttons hanging way down here. So I don't do that anymore. I said, put that tape measure, you know, around halfway between the hip and the ribs here. Put it around there. And see what it is. Okay? Now, I have a a cardiologist. Seventh Avenue cardiologist in Serbia. Strong muscles. He's a mountain climber. He's excellent. He's a a specialist on this ultrasound business, you know? And before he did me, he just found a woman that morning with econococcus over there in Serbia, which I didn't think they had over there. Uh, But... His BMI was a little high, 27. I felt that was because of his muscle. He had big muscle. So you put the tape measure around here, and if it's too big, it's not because of muscle. <laughs> okay? Now, we want you all to stand up and measure. So we'll, we'll give you some tape measure right here now. We want you all to check yourself out. See where you are. We need to know where we are. We, know, we need to know what our present status is. Okay? So just throw these out. There's lots of them. 
And when, the, when one couple gets through, you men pair off, you women pair off, and measure each other and see where you are. Okay? And then I'm going to tell you what the number should be. Okay? <laughs> now, the one side of that uh, tape measure is centimeters, the other side is inches. I can give it to you both ways. Okay? All right. Now, for centimeters, for you men, it should get up above 102. But if it's 94, you're warned not to get any bigger. You're warned not to get any bigger. Now, for women, it's 88 centimeters. No higher than that. But if you're 80, you're warned not to get any bigger. Okay? So we got to do something about this weight problem. We're getting more and more overweight people. In the United States today, two-thirds of the adult population are overweight. Half of those are obese. Entirely too fat. You folks in Australia are getting close to us. You're getting close to us. You're trying to catch up with us. You know? So we got to do something about the weight problem. Now, that's the fourth risk factor is the weight problem. Fifth risk factor. Fifth risk factor. We need a better diet. Good diet. And it's exciting how the scientists are talking about it. They're saying more fruits and vegetables. Now, you mean I'm supposed to go to the United States where they're all fat and tell them to eat something more? And make them fatter? I got to first tell them what to eat less of. Two categories. Sugar, meat. Now, you need to know that the World Cancer Research Fund out of London with their 21 specialists around the world, one in Hong Kong, one in Singapore, and six from the U.S., but they have reviewed 7,000 studies regarding the eating of foods, meat, and intestinal cancer. And they've come to the conclusion, don't ever eat processed meat. I'm amazed. Now, the U.S. is very... Very liberal on this. Their heart, heart Association Cancer Society, they all say zero to two servings a week. But London, the World Cancer Research Fund, says absolutely nothing. If you're using it, stop it and never start again. Now, I had a hard time finding a definition for processed meat. What is it? Well, you know, I, I looked around the world and I found a little place called Australia... New Zealand, standard food code. <laughs> they had the definition. Salted, cured, chemicals added, sodium nitrate and stuff. And uh, I have it here in the back. Uh, what it says about it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, smoked. And they list them. They list them. Ham, bacon. Pastrami, bologna, corned beef, salami, hot dogs, bratwurst. If you're using it, stop. <laughs> okay? Now, what, are, what do they say then about the red meats? You know, that's the pork, the beef, 
the lamb and the, the goat. Before you cook it, it's red. It's red meat. What do they say? They're saying no more than 500 grams a week. But they add quickly, but the community average should be no more than 300 grams. Uh, how's that? What's with that? 500 grams you can have, but the community average should be no more than 300? Well, they expect there's enough smart people in the community who know enough not to eat any, so that'll bring the average down. <laughs> it's kind of exciting. They say 500 grams, you're allowed, but no more than 300 for the average for the community. Then what about the white meats, the good ones, the poultry, the chicken, and the fish? Well, there was a New Zealand doctor. You may have heard of him, Gary Fraser. <laughs> he did the study, which showed that white meats cause as much intestinal cancer as the red meats do. Okay? Then these are the five behavioral factors. They have two others. High blood pressure. High cholesterol, okay? Now, two major dietary factors on the cholesterol, you know, are saturated fat and cholesterol in the diet. Okay? Now, there's two kinds of cholesterol. You see, the kind your body makes is pure cholesterol. But with pure cholesterol, it's difficult to reduce atherosclerosis in monkeys. It takes the oxidized cholesterol. Now, if you'd like to drink milk, I'll tell you how you can get it without any oxidized cholesterol. You go out to the barn, you get under the cow, and, and you get it straight before it's been exposed to the air. You won't get the oxidized cholesterol. Okay? <laughs> just, just some ideas, tips for you who like this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, cholesterol. Cholesterol in the blood too high, mostly because of the way we eat. Now, if you live up to these five basic behavioral factors, you're less likely to have high cholesterol, less likely to have high blood pressure. Okay? Now, I say this is a major breakthrough. It is. Can you see top medical people sitting around saying, I think we should tell people to eat more vegetables. You know, I can't imagine doing that. If it's some new gadget, technology or something, I can see them doing it. But I can't see them doing it. But they did. They sat around and said, these are the major risk factors. We've got to do something about them. That's a breakthrough. But scientists be willing to talk about something so simple. It's a simple con uh, concept, very simple concept. Difficult concept to implement. Okay, now how successful are they going to be in this 10-year program? Have 20% of the U.S. population <laughs> doing this. Already the statisticians are saying, you'll never make it. If they made this 10%, they'd be doing good. But you've heard how successful we've been on getting people to exercise. We've been preaching that thing for 30 years in the United States. No change. 
People who, who are gaining weight and they lose, gain it back again. How successful are we? Haven't been very successful. Now you've heard Tim. I think we're going to be able to show as Seventh-day Adventists that it can be done. And the world is going to show it's not working. I think that's what's going to happen. I think this would be great if everybody finally looks. Hey, look at those people. They're able to do it. Why aren't we able to? I think we have the chance here. We have a big chance to show a difference in our methods and their methods. Okay? I'm really excited about this simple concept. Now, if you want to go out and do health education, you don't have to do it only from a spiritual standpoint. You could tell them right here what the world is saying. It's very clear. The data is very clear. They want everybody to change. And I'm amazed at the medical literature. New England Journal of Medicine says, you know, the practice of doctors is going to change. The beginning of the morning, they bring their staff together. We have 21 patients to see today. Uh, this one has a weight problem. Now, how are you in each department here going to help him, that patient? <laughs> this one has a problem of inactivity. How are you going to help him? Each one. Everybody in your staff is supposed to know. What can they do in their area to help that patient? I see this in the New England Journal of Medicine. (laughs) I'm amazed at the way they're talking about these simple things that we have been talking about for 150 years. But even then, if we just give them the science... It's not working. We've got to give them more. We think right now that we have a chance at Adventists to show that the method working with the Lord works. And the regular method is not going to work. I, I, I just guarantee you this. They're not going to have 20% of the U.S. population living like that in the year 2020. Okay? Any questions? Any I've had lots of fun giving this lecture all over Slovakia, everywhere. I wrote a little book on it in Slovakia. <laughs> uh, I'm excited about it. There are many places in the world where they don't even know that smoking is bad for you. I was surprised to find that, that people didn't even know it was bad. You know? Uh, now, the scientists know that all that meat isn't good for you. Then why don't they tell everybody? Well, some of them are telling you, some of it, part of the story. Why don't they tell you? They like what they're doing themselves. Okay? They like what they're doing. Besides, they wouldn't know how to do the other way anyway. We haven't been around them to tell them how to do it. We need to get out there and show them how to do it. We need our cooking schools to show people how to do this. Otherwise, they'll never know Any questions? But I think this is something that you can use as a starter with a lot of people. It's just not Adventism. This is what the scientists of the world are saying. The evidence is strong. The evidence is there. And these are not only U.S. national goals. These are goals, World Health Organization goals. This is the European Heart Association goals. 
This is Australian gold. I'm amazed. You started this big national survey program, health program, in 2011. First report came out October 29th. I got the news media report. It was just on a few things, a little bit on weight and smoking and things like that. Next report comes out in March. I'm excited about what they're doing. They're even taking blood to check vitamin D levels here in Australia. Uh, it's amazing. They've established the standards in Australia for D, which I think are pretty good. High enough to prevent osteoporosis and stuff. It's kind of interesting what they're doing here in Australia. Uh, it, it's interesting how we, even in Australia, fortified our wheat fix with folate. A decade ago, when the government in 2009 said, let's add folate to the grains. <laughs> it's kind of interesting how we were way ahead of them. But I believe this, these worldwide goals, I think, are going to be, they're not going to get up to what they want to do. They're going to try. And I think we, as Adventists, should be the ones to show the way. It's God's plan that works. Thank you. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.